I think tomorrow from Shakespeare. I may be misquoting Shakespeare, but it's a uh, the the uh, kind of he's journey dead. that she he, goes he's on. Good. Is, yeah, man, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's probably fine. I don't think he's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and welcome back to No Script, an unscripted conversation about theater's best scripts. I'm Jackson. I'm Jacob. Welcome back. We're excited to have you. We are excited to be in the middle of our themed month for season 11, Mistletoe Month, in which we are discussing four holiday scripts. Uh, sort of. And this week is the sort of week. <laughs> <laughs> It truly is. I had to. I had to dig. I've. 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 I've read this play before. I've seen this play. I've seen the movie version of this play. And yet, when it was on our list of plays, I was like, "A, a, a mistletoe play? Really? This one?" <laughs> Everybody figured it out. To it, a soundtrack. Or at least I'm guessing that a lot of you has it's a great soundtrack. Very sing-alongable for a musical. Yes, it's a musical today. And there, there, there is a song in the middle of this musical. That is why we are doing it as part of the holiday month. And I, I will just admit, is also the song a lot of people skip when they're listening through the soundtrack. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, today if you haven't already figured out or or checked the title just to be sure you were just to be sure you were in the loop, we are talking about last 5 years, um which we were shocked that we hadn't actually done yet, but this is a play by Jason Robert Brown and excited to get to finally turn to it in our in our themed month this month. Yeah, this is a very popular musical in part because it's just, I mean, Jason Robert Brown is so good at what he does and is that is well executed in this musical. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But also because it's a two-hander musical that requires very little technically in order to work. I've, I've seen this musical, I think, three times like in the audience, seen it plus the movie, plus the soundtrack, all that stuff. But I've seen it live three times. And I think two of the three times there was almost nothing on stage except a piano so i mean i mean this is a very 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 you can do this but you can you don't have to but you can do this musical very 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 trimmed down and anytime you have a musical that doesn't require a lot of cast and that you can produce very cheaply and it's at any degree of quality you're going to get that musical produced a lot because musicals make a lot of money and if you don't have to spend a lot of money to make a lot of money that of course is something theaters are going to do and so for all of the great things about it, perhaps the re- the single reason why it is so popular is because there's only two people in the cast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is a significant part of its popularity. And also, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. This, this musical, I'll say more so than others, although there's other musicals that do this to me too. Whenever I get into this musical, there's always this like heartstring thing that happens. There's just like some something in this musical that is like sort of almost a cautionary tale. We'll get into it in, in, into yeah, the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no, I'm and, I'm I'm excited. And so for that we're doing well. this as part of Mistletoe Month for a couple of reasons. One of them is that you know what for a Christmas like 
holiday kind of uji schmooji oh my gosh how wonderful the season is plays right in a row felt like a lot even for i understand that's the premise of a themed month but taking a little like sort of break where we talk about just a different kind of script felt like a good plan but we also wanted something to still fit and we could still have in sort of intertextual conversation and so this musical whether or not you remember it well enough to talk about it is the middle of it is uh, a song it's a story that one of the characters writes for the other character and it is identified as a little Christmas story and it the story within the play is uh, as classic a holiday story as you are likely to find and so are we cheating a little bit yeah we're cheating a little bit in order to have (laughs) the maximum variety within this themed month that we can get I will also say I love the Shmuel song. I don't skip right. it when I listen to the last five years. It's I think a it's a delightful song. story and part of the musical. So perhaps <laughs> I have a little like my my opinion of it is different than the general public who I when I've listened to this musical with other people, that's the one where they're like, skip that one. And I'm like, no, don't. I love it. And so talking about it in context of holiday plays, also like it allows me to uh, justify putting a little bit of a magnifying glass on what I think is a delightful part of the musical. <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. Yep. Yep. So so yeah, excited to jump into the conversation on that. Also, uh, this, this month we can... Continue to uh, be thankful for Magic Mind coming alongside us in this month. Uh, we'll uh, give you some information on that a little bit later on in the episode. Um, so if you are someone who's been wanting to try Magic Mind, this kind of um, uh, uh, matcha-based uh, uh, companion to your cup of coffee and things like that, we have a great deal for you. You can get your pens and papers out or, I guess, your phone where you take your notes. Um, but we'll be giving some information about that a little bit further on in the show. Yes, we are excited that they've come alongside us. We're excited to talk about that, too, later on. As you kind of know, if you've been with us this theme month, we're sort of trying something a hair different for theme month, which is trying to do really abbreviated context and synopsis sections because our our, uh, experience from other theme months is that we sort of run out of time because we want to talk about the script and its relationship with other scripts in the themed month. So an abbreviated context and synopsis section is on its way to you. So here we go. We're jumping into the context section here. Um, uh, just giving you, a, yeah, yeah, glancing context for this one. Uh, fortunately, we've already done an intro to Jason Robert Brown back last season when we did Parade. So uh, you can uh, go ahead and check that out if you would like to get a more in-depth look at Jason Robert Brown. But just to sum it up really quickly, recipient of three Tony Awards for uh, Parade and the Bridges of Madison County, um, uh, pro- prolific playwright, musical theater composer, lyricist, and playwright. So definitely... Um, check out the intro on him from the other episode, but also the the uh, conversation today around last five years because uh, last five years premiered in uh, Chicago's Northlight Theater in 2001. It was produced off Broadway in 2002, and then it's just like all sorts of these kind of popcorn productions all over the place. J- uh, Jacob already mentioned the reason, some of the reasons for that: a very producible show, low cast number, etc., um, and and also just like uh, just a banger score. So um, it's 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 a, it's a fun piece to get the, the chance to jump in and do. Um, the other kind of big notable thing, and not uh, aside from just its kind of continuously producing uh, nature, it's produced in colleges, producing in uh, regional theaters, uh, community theaters as well, but there was also a film adaptation in 2014. Many of you likely saw that. It starred Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan, uh, directed by Richard 
La Grevenise. So you likely have seen that movie as well and the accompanying score, all the music, you know, played on road trips, etc. It's one of those kind of earworm sort of musicals that gets in your head and continues to follow you around. So excited to jump into the conversation around it. Absolutely. Yeah. The last five years has a huge sort of popular following. Uh, I think I was in late high school, early college when I first heard it. And, and I can still, as I learned when I was coming back to it for the podcast, still know most of the words and the tunes. Uh, just really fun. A lot of just stellar songs. The last five years, if you don't already know it, is a musical about a couple. It is a musical about that couple's relationship from beginning to end over the course of, you guessed it, five years. And the sort of creative thing, well, let me tell just the, the, the synopsis of the couple real briefly, and then I'll tell you sort of how it's told. So this couple meets, uh, the, they are Jamie and Catherine. Jamie is an up-and-coming author who gets a novel that he wrote uh, published at a very young age, and it becomes sort of a major novel, and so he becomes a fairly famous author over the course of this relationship. Catherine, he meets, and she is a struggling actor, um, cannot really get any sort of serious uh, roles or gigs in New York City and is forced to work at a summer stock in Ohio. And so their relationship meets. It's it's passionate. They're totally deeply in love for a long time. Um, and, and Jamie's career is taking off and Catherine's career is somewhat plateauing. Um, they get married. And what ends up happening is the, it, this was this is what's hard to talk about. I think it will be sort of We'll have to see how we talk about it today as well. But a couple of things happen. The first and the most major, and I will say this so that we can uh, lambast it from the beginning, is that Jamie cheats on Catherine uh, over the course of their relationship. The implication is many times. And um, that ends up being, I, I can't quite tell if it's outright discovered by Catherine. That was one of the things I was looking for in this time through the story to see if she like specifically discovers it. She is suspicious of it throughout, um, but it's, it's a little unclear to me whether she figures it out before their relationship ends or not. Um, and, and so that happens. The other thing that's happening is that Jamie's career is going so well and Catherine's career, she starts out, you know, trying to audition for roles while she's bartending. Eventually, due to the Shmuel song, which we'll talk about, Jamie says, you know, basically, I'm making enough money for you to stop bartending and start trying to act full time. Why don't you do that? And she does. And that just does not go very well. There's a really spectacular song where you see her try to audition for a show and she ends up giving her kind of internal monologue about how absolutely crappy the audition process is. Um, and so kind of her jealousy, his arrogance, and uh, kind of, uh, you know, why can't you just be happy sort of mentality, um, it, he drives a wedge in their relationship. And so that combined with his infidelity, um, it ends up uh, collapsing their relationship. It seems like that happens. Again, it gets a little fuzzy, but it seems like that happens while uh, Catherine is in Ohio at this summer stock gig. He comes to see her um, and then doesn't stay. He ends up leaving and that 
that in in what I think is the best of the Catherine songs in the show, she ends up uh, pretty going after him pretty hard for the way that he has treated their relationship and treated her. Um, so that's sort of the general sweep of their relationship. I will tell you that having said that out loud in chronological order, not that interesting. So that's what makes the <laughs> way the musical is told the more interesting part, which is that um, at the beginning of the musical, Jamie is at the beginning of their relationship. And across all the songs of the musical, he travels through their relationship in chronological order from starting at the beginning and going to the end of their relationship. Conversely, the musical actually begins with Catherine singing, Jamie is over and Jamie is gone, right? She is at the end of their relationship at their divorce or after their divorce. And so... She, across the course of the musical, travels backwards through time, each song earlier in their relationship than the previous one. So you can sort of see how the musical structured. He is going forward in time. She is going backwards in time. They meet for one song for their wedding. For I think it's actually the proposal and the wedding kind of matched up together in this very beautiful duet. Uh, it's the only real duet in the song. They have some back and forth songs, but no true duets um, until that number. And then it continues continues on and Jamie continues forward into the end of their relationship and uh, Catherine then when you get to the end of the musical Jamie is singing the divorce song goodbye until uh, no his is not goodbye until tomorrow that's hers but she's singing goodbye until tomorrow meaning we just I think slept together for the first time uh, goodbye until tomorrow or and he is singing the goodbye forever song so that's how the musical is structured very interesting conceit especially I will say like more, a decade ago or more than a decade ago whenever it first came out it was maybe more interesting then than it is now i think there's a lot more playwrights experimenting with that over the course of the past decade um but uh, when when that was musical was first sweeping the world that was just uh, 2001 I'm, I'm way off so 20 years ago um that was just like blowing up that sort of concept yeah, yeah, it's it's got it's it, it definitely like kind of hit a moment, a particular moment that that uh, was a ripe for wildfire around it. So so yeah, it definitely uh, earned its place in a lot of people's hearts, and we're excited to have the chance to talk about it. Excited also to extend the invitation for you to check out Magic Mind. Uh, this is the portion of the episode where if you want to get out your note app and take down some info, this is a good time to do it because uh, we're, we're, again, really grateful for the chance to partner with Magic Mind in this themed month. Um, if you're looking for a way to kind of uh, continue a flow state, uh, continue kind of sustainable energy throughout the day that you don't have to give up coffee around, which is one of the great things about Magic Mind, uh, definitely check out this drink. It's got lots of fantastic fantastic ingredients in it. You can go back to the first episode of the month to listen to me try to pronounce all of the different <laughs> ingredients in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, suffice to say, great uh, ingredients for cognitive processing, for energy, for stress management, and also just for kind of continued energy and flow state throughout the day. So Jacob is going to hit you with the codes that are involved with this uh, deal that we have going on with it because it's a great, uh, great chance to try it, especially the subscription model, which is just an insane deal on that. 
Absolutely. If you want to get Magic Mind for a really steep discount, more than 50% discount for a subscription, or a smaller but still substantial discount for a one-time buy, you can use our special discount code for that. Thanks to Magic Mind for giving that to us, to you really, through us. That is magicmind.com slash noscript. Magicmind.com slash noscript. And the subscription, or the discount code rather, is noscript20. N-O-S-C-R-I-P-T-20. No script 20 at magicmind.com slash no script. Use that discount code. Try Magic Mind for yourself. Refunds are easy to get if it's not for you. We encourage you to check that out. And thanks to Magic Mind for their sponsorship. And now back to the script. Okay, the last five years. This I, I this episode is going to be kind of like some of the other episodes where we talk about a really popular show. Where it's like, how do we how do we even approach it? So many people have so many thoughts about it around yeah. and in the ether that uh, I'm not really sure where to start, except for that. Like we're we're focusing on this in the holiday play month, and so maybe the Shmuel song is a place to start. Yeah, sure. We can start with the Shmuel song. I like it. I like it. The, the Shmuel song is is uh, towards the center of the play. It's not the center of the play because, of course, notably the the kind of main uh, 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 center of it is the song that they actually sing together around around the wedding. Um, but it is close in the kind of the, the middle of the lexicon of songs, and it. Um, yeah, it, it serves this like weird uh, pivot point in their relationship, as you described, Jacob, around um, uh, Kathy transitioning out of her role of, uh, of uh, waitress and into this attempt to pursue her, uh, her vocation as, a, as an actor. Yeah, so the, the the premise of the scene, each of the songs in the last five years is sort of its own scene because it's its own moment in time, is that Jamie and Catherine are celebrating Christmas together, uh, their second Christmas together. Interestingly, notedly, uh, Jamie is Jewish throughout the play. That's like a big part of his identity and, and the sort of specificity of his character and character writing. Um, but he calls it a Christmas story, and they're celebrating Christmas together. And he's an author. So what does he get for the you know the love of his life the partner in his life whatever you want to say for christmas is he writes catherine a story is the premise of the scene and so he sings this song about shmuel as the story and it's this song about this tailor in a place called klimovich and this tailor has sort of wasted his life and through a winter evening miracle where the clock on the wall uh, grows alive and can travel backwards in time shmuel is able to become a young man again um, and is there able to marry sort of the love of his life in the context of the Shmuel song um, and, and so Jamie uses that story as the kind of lead up to him saying I don't want you Catherine you know my love to end up in the same place as Shmuel in the story feeling like you've wasted your life so I want to give you the gift of going to be happy of course that's the thing that Shmuel song sings over and over again sort of like you know when uh, don't I get to be happy you know after after all my life when do I get to be happy so he he uses this story that he's written the story itself is what it is and what comes out of it is this offer that he gives her to quit her job and to focus on her acting yeah yeah so it's it's got this kind of 
so so there is this aspect of it that is is the kind of Christmas gift, right? It has the the song itself has this sort of um uh um kind of rolling story, uh, sort of a moralistic story. It's got a little bit of kind of, you know, Pinocchio vibes, a little bit like craftsperson. Yeah, well, I, I mean, what it's got is like the vibe of Christmas miracle stories. And and that's another yeah. reason why I liked including this in the theme month is that, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a ton of interest in talking a lot about a real Christmas miracle story because they're a little deus machina and they're, they're a little nostalgic and all that stuff. But this is a way to get into that, but to see that trope is maybe a little strong, but that storytelling device, and it's a very specific storytelling device of the Christmas miracle, the supernatural Christmas miracle. Yeah, yeah, and and to see it kind of like woven in in song, I don't know, for me it kind of like, it kind of opens me up to kind of wonder more like the, the whole play is, is a little bit of, of, uh, because of its timey wiminess, it is, uh, it, <laughs> it is kind of this, uh, it has a similar feeling of like uh, a Christmas Carol or like think about think about time weirdly sorts of things, <laughs> and so the the kind of Christmas song uh, where yeah a sort of Christmas miracle happens um, uh, in it again kind of for me at least especially probably especially because we're doing this uh, themed month around it but for me it opened up my uh, kind of uh, evaluation of the whole play in light of that in light of this kind of like miracle of time moving in two different directions as a, as a way to look at these two characters lives i think that's a really interesting point that the shmuel song uses the same sort of idea or or maybe not in the same way but plays with the same thing that the musical is playing with time and where you are in the story at different points in time. Now, when we talked about Inspecting Carol and when we talked about the best Christmas pageant ever, we also used that sort of Christmas miracle as a storytelling device uh, conversation. But in those cases, the Christmas miracle is a sort of human one, right? It's like humans acting on each other, changes each other's minds and hearts conveniently on Christmas. This is a true supernatural one. And in some ways, the audience is in that supernatural place because we get to see the relationship at two different points in time, virtually every time the characters are on stage. And so the 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 miracle of I can go back in time to celebrate the incredible passionate beginning of this relationship at the same time that I am grieving and mourning the the lonely end of the relationship is kind of the miracle of the Shmuel story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's this like intense longing in this play that uh, not, uh longing may uh, longing is, is as close to word I think as I'm gonna get but this like um trying to look back at the last five years or or, or um or the future of the five years if you're depending on where you're starting in the story um and and you know kind of wishing you had all the information wishing you could have all of the all of the the whole story when you started out to it, and that's kind of the journey Shmuel goes on. Um, by 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 the by the point that he gets to the making of the dress, he has this like crying outline as he realizes everything, um, and the full ramifications of 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 the dress and the gift of of the clock, <laughs> um, and so 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 yeah, it's all kind of woven into that longing for the knowledge of the scope of time. 
Yeah, and I, I just love how well that knowledge of Shmuel is then turned to Kathy. I I, I think, I'm, I, I don't remember exactly the first time I ever heard the last five years, and I don't remember the context in which this happened. But I do remember the first time, I like have a pretty vivid body memory of the getting to the end of the Shmuel song for the first time, and it may be one of the reasons why I like this song in the musical better than I think other people do, just because of like the body memory I have of getting to that turn in the song where he's finished singing about Shmuel, I give you unlimited time, and then he turns it and he sings, plenty have hoped and dreamed and prayed, but they can't get out of Klimovich. And he turns and he says, Shmuel is a lot like you. Maybe it's because you're afraid to go out on a limb. Maybe your heart can't follow through. So, And he turns it and says, this, this whole story's been about you, and I want you to have that chance. And I, I find that, as a in terms of the bigger writing by Jason Robert Brown, not the writing by Jamie of the Shmuel song, but the bigger writing of the piece, to be, I find it a really moving turn in the story. And I, it, it perhaps for me relates to one of the larger experiences I have of the last five years, which is that like, once you know that he cheats on her, <laughs> Yeah. Man, it's hard to enjoy the rest of this musical because that yeah. the Shmuel song scene is such a delightful scene of like real sacrificial. I mean, he says, you know, you don't have to make an income. We can live on my income so that you can live your dreams. I mean, what a wonderful Christmas gift. And I'm sure there are people out there like, no, he was really selfish all along. And maybe that's true. There are certainly signs of that. But I find the Shmuel moment, because it's I mean, the, the, there's a nostalgia of the holidays, the really engaging storytelling experience I had the first time I heard it. But I find that scene so lovely. And then it's just ruined by the yeah. story of this musical. <laughs> I think that's int- I, I think that's a great point because I think the the choice to start Jamie at the start of the relationship and Kathy at the end of it I think is you have a to. really particular it's a particular choice because yeah. you have to say right at the beginning to be clear <laughs> like like the, like there's Jamie has moved on in some way we don't know all the reasons why but it kind of tees you up to be like Oh no! What's how has he moved on? Um, and and, and I, like slowly. I, even more specifically it. than that, I think that the musical tries to now. I mean, it's a it's very re-listenable. So once you know it, you already know it. But in, for first time listeners and viewers, I think the musical tries to trick you a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of the story of the musical is look at how. Um, unjustly suspicious and jealous Catherine is of Jamie. And I think that is the story for a lot of the musical. And you say, what a, you know, what a great guy. And there's only little hints here and there. Now, you know, once you know, then you go, oh, those aren't such little hints after all. Right. But like, for example, there's a song. It's the song that comes immediately after they get married. And this, the premise of the song is basically like, now that I'm married and I'm rich and famous because I'm such a great author, like, boy, 
the idea that I can't sleep with other women sucks. And that's, you know, like that's a, that's sort of a red flag, but that, you know, the yep. premise of the song to some degree is also like, I, 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 I want to be all in on this and I'm trying to be. And so you can sort of get that out of it. But then of course, when you know that the end of the musical is coming, you know, but I, I, I you sort of like the musical sets you up to think one thing and then kind of crushes you. <laughs> And maybe yeah. that's just ignorant on my part, but that, like, I find it crushing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah, I agree. Especially in a re-listen of it or a, re, a re-watch of it. You kind of, like, see all of the pain going going between the characters. And there's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I agree. I agree. Once you know that, that, that Jamie cheats on her, it's hard to, to see the pain that Jamie has. Even though I think there are some songs that are compellingly written around some of the pain he has. But it's it's yeah it's difficult with those couple songs that are like that that, that he's complaining about something that's like well but but that's cheating and so you should probably just not do that dude. yeah <laughs> so so yeah it's it's yeah it's it's a weird but I think that's again I agree the kind of bait the slow leading um uh of of the musical does that to the watcher um especially the first time you see it as you slowly learn more and more about these characters in two different times. Yeah, and and it, I I find one of the challenges of the last five years, the Catherine's part of it, because her story goes backwards in time. I just think that is a challenge to track that story in terms of character growth. It it's like it kind of deliberately messes with the way that we are, at least in the West, taught to understand stories, you know, from the beginning. It's sort of like watching uh, a Christopher Nolan movie or something. It's like, at some point, yeah. you're just like, what? I, I don't I don't even have, like, a, uh, like, a way to access the story because it's just yeah. so turned around in how stories are told. And, and it, it is, to me, that is Catherine's side of the story. And maybe it's just because I'm, like... Uh, uh, a, a guy who's about the same age as Jamie is in the musical. And so I much more easily relate to that character, unfortunately, <laughs> given some of the choices that he makes. And <laughs> right, so that right. could be part of it. I want to recognize that. But I also do think it's true that it, it Catherine's story is harder to get into because it's told backwards. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 out of time uh, to borrow to borrow from I think to borrow from Shakespeare. I may be misquoting Shakespeare, but it's a uh, the the uh, kind of he's journey dead. that she he, goes he's on. He's good, is, yeah, man. He doesn't care. He's probably fine. I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, it is it is that kind of like trying to engage it in reverse um, and and adjust to it. And and I do think that there's. Uh, cert- certainly, our our kind of social position is is maybe maybe influencing some of this conversation. I'll echo what you said already, Jacob, with that. But I do think within within Jamie's journey, there is a sort of like tragic arc in there as well. There is a pity and fear, a, a catharsis that happens of like the the question of um, do what happens when success comes? Would I be the person that I was before? Um, and and to some degree, this play does. Uh, use Kathy traveling in reverse time to tell that story. It's not the only story it's telling, but the the relief of of Kathy traveling in reverse, um, you right away see the consequence at the beginning of the story. 
<laughs> it's it's um, like so, the Jamie so. songs. I feel like you you fo- song to song, you see a development in what's going on with him and in his life. And the Kathy songs, you almost have to see individually because it, because she's traveling backwards in time. It's a little bit like I either have to switch those songs around in my head and like understand the character arc by flipping the order of the songs or I just have to take this song for face value at what it is. And that's at least how I end up experiencing this musical is an arced story, a, a, a tr- kind of a traditional story, Jamie's story of being who he is at the beginning of the play and all of the things that happen in their relationship and in his career fundamentally changing him. He makes decisions he never thought he would make at the beginning of the musical. He regrets you know, all this stuff that happens to him. That's a story with an arc. And then in the middle of it, these like vignettes of, uh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. something else that are that contribute to the story. But I have a hard time catching them as a story in and of themselves. Yeah. I, I I I'll I'll take a I'll take a swing at it and see if I can if I can present a, a framework in which it perhaps is is a kind of the, the the versus the construction of the relationship. I wonder about the 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 Kathy story being conversely a, a, a deconstruction. And and if I you know as I think through like breakups and things like that, you kind of do do what she does. She goes most recent to oldest, um, and kind of goes through each of those each of those uh, kind of moments and remembering back through the whole process. So, so I, I it's just, I agree a, a Nolan esque uh, sort of uh, arc that is difficult to wrap your head around a deconstruction arc um, that, that Kathy gets to go through. One thing I've never done in part, just because I don't have the time in my life to just experiment with other people's stories to such a degree. If I'm going to do that, I should be directing a show or something, but just for <laughs> fun, I think it would be an interesting project to reorganize the songs so that everything was chronological and try to listen to the musical through that way. I have no idea what that would result in, truly, because the, the musical's not designed and it's not structured that way. You'd get people, certain people in a row. You'd get maybe stories that don't quite match up at times. I don't know. But I do think it would be interesting to see where my like where where I am as the audience member who's like opened my heart to experience this relationship because I end up, I think what ends up happening, maybe this is not true. I don't know if this is true or not. I think I end up feeling like Kathy in this musical because Ooh. I get cheated on by Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, I, I hear that for sure. Yeah, you, there's that. There is that deep disappointment as you discover what Jamie did. <laughs> well, yeah, and so I don't know how that wh- whether that experience would would change or be different or or not. Um, or I also think it would be interesting to just listen to the musical in reverse and have Jamie be at the end at the start and go backwards. And those are all things that I think are interesting experiments with this musical because the musical is experimenting with time already just to see what it would do to the storytelling. Yeah, I know. It'd be, it'd be an interesting one to just kind of, because it is so, so vignettes and so uh, kind of not standalone, but woven together um, uh, scenes. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see. I, I wonder, I wonder if there, I, I wonder too, if that was maybe part of the writing process of like trying them in different, different ways and in reverse. It's a, it would be like, 
I don't know. It would be it would be like a, a very different journey for sure to see to see it in the in the other way around. Yeah, I again, I have no idea what would happen. I mean, I think as much as we talk about stories in this in this in this format, it's it's a lot harder to talk about structure because structure in some ways is a visual thing and it's a metaphor that we're using. Uh, but like structure is so much a part of of what a story is, not just like the way a story's told, but the story itself is its structure in so many ways. And so you would experience a different story, although the plot points would be the same. If you made either of those changes I suggest, it would be a different story. Yeah, for sure. And it's and and to tie it one more time back into our kind of themed month, it's a different story <laughs> in in the context of like miracle plays um uh and and the, and the sort of ongoing conversation we're having around around yeah, what what these sorts of uh, plays with sort of strange magic at, at work in amidst in amidst them uh um and 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 the way that those different plays kind of have that conversation with it as well. I'm I'm fascinated by I continue to be fascinated by the sort of like through lines in all of these plays. Um, and, and this one has another of the through lines that we talked about before, um, uh, the, of like actors or not actors, but performing people, um, uh, being the center point of them, looking behind the curtain at performing people, people who are entertainers, people who are writers and seeing, uh, kind of behind the door of their lives at, at, uh, at, at what's going on, uh, behind the work that they put out. I, I I don't we did not intend for this to be the way that this themed month ended up being. But you're right that it is almost maybe not just as much, but it is it is a themed month about the holidays and also about storytellers. All four yeah. of the plays in our themed month are about uh, either theater in the case of of uh, the first two, Inspecting Carol and the Best Christmas Pageant Ever, or uh, in this case, this is an author that's a storyteller. You'll see, I don't think we've publicly released yet what next week's musical is going to be about. Those of you who are on Patreon already know, but it's another musical next week that is also about storytelling, about entertainment. And so I, I wonder... If, maybe some of that is just like, you know, we know a certain group of holiday plays that just fit with our particular preferences and we're storytellers. And so these are the four we pulled out of the ether. Or is it truly that like there's a higher percentage of holiday plays are about the story of the holidays? Like I, I'm just I'm totally speaking without thinking here. But like I wonder if there is like a cultural recognition that part of the experience of the holidays is the stories we tell about it. It's almost like that mm. thing where it's like the memory of your family traditions in your head is better than like doing the traditions themselves. Like you have this memory <laughs> of like, oh, you know what? We did this thing. Every Christmas we would do this thing. And then it like comes around and you're with your family again. We should do that tradition again. And you do it again. And you're like, this is not what I remember it being. But then in 10 years, you'd be like, remember that when we did the tradition and it was so, so there is like a, because holidays make kind of core memories for people so often, not for everybody ever, but for a lot of people, some of their core memories are around the holidays. There is something about like the stories we tell about the holidays like we we understand that storytelling art is just as much a part of it as anything. 
Yeah, yeah, the the the, the kind of uh, art of story making um, is also like think think of how many Christmas uh, stories or movies or plays start with a book. Um, yeah, uh, and, and like yeah. jumping into a book or something like that. There's always this kind of like framework of, well, there is someone telling this story. Yeah. Welcome to the fire. We're going to jump into the story that we're going to tell around the fire together. Um, uh, so, so yeah, there is that sort of like meta narrative going on. Um, also a little tongue in cheek. I wonder if it isn't also some of some of the people who are in charge of being storytellers want to like show a little bit of what's going on in their lives around <laughs> <laughs> around doing these productions. I think especially of like inspecting Carol with that, um, of this sort of like, here's the, here's behind the scenes of what we do. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely this sort of like meta narrative weaves its way into a lot of these plays that we're talking about and into Christmas plays in general. Yeah, some of it might also be like the, the it might be an American thing from just like the prevalence of the Judeo-Christian like holiday Christmas story, the birth of Christ, the nativity is like so embedded in the culture that like we think about the holidays culturally and it's like we immediately associate that with a story a story that now you may not be that your brain immediately goes to the nativity story, but the idea of there being a story. And if it's, if the nativity story is not your story, then maybe there's a different story. It's Rudolph or it's elf, you know, maybe every year it's like, boy, at Christmas time, it's Will Ferrell and elf every year, you know, but there is like a, an association of the holidays and a prevalent dominant story, Santa, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and 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 each of them kind of provide something as a result of them. Not like a, not necessarily a moral, but like something to kind of either think about, ponder, or something to help you get through. I think a lot of uh, kind of midwinter uh, holidays uh, uh, do have this sort of like let's tell a story, let's give give ourselves some hope to get through the midwinter in the bleak midwinter. So so a lot of them have that kind of unifying theme of like. Here's something that we're coming, like a hard thing that we're going to move through and then come out of on the other side. Interestingly, this play doesn't necessarily do that. <laughs> um, it, it, like the other side is a pretty, I don't, I don't know, maybe it does. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it. But like the other side of this play, I am heartbroken. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, definitely true. So, <laughs> <laughs> Except um, that, I mean, um, I, but, in, unless you lean into the Catherine side of it and she's, you know, in the exuberant, passionate uh, delightful part of it. You know what's weird about the time you So this is the last thing you'll say about it, is that Catherine is moving backwards song to song, but within the song, she's moving forwards. It's just, I just have always been like, that's a little yeah. strange. You like go backwards in time sure. and then you go forward like three minutes because that's about how long the song is. <laughs> uh, yeah, like- so, yeah, I mean, the, the, I do think that, um, Part of the experience you're supposed to have with the musical, and I will say I'm not sure I always have this experience, but I think you're supposed to have the experience of balancing the joy of a new, passionate, looking back at, now that the relationship is over, look at the sort of the joy of that we had at the beginning. I mean, I think if you if you're somebody who's had a relationship that has ended, especially when it didn't end horribly, you might still have that. Like, you know, I can remember how great it was when it began. And that's, I think, maybe supposed to be part of the story. Within the Shmuel song, though, you definitely do get that. 
And I, I mean, I, the movie for all of its faults, and I think there are many, uh, one thing that I do like about it is that it gives a little more context to the Shmuel uh, story and like her really sucky job bartending and the joy of being able to leave it because her not even husband at the time, boyfriend, maybe their fiance is a little hard to tell. I don't I think they're just dating, though, says I, you know, I can, I can do this for you. And so I want to, because I love you and I want you to be happy like that. There is like a little mini arc of that in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If we, yeah. And, and, and appropriately for us to have picked this play with, with the Shmuel song in mind, if we kind of use it as the, the focus point for, for that moment, there is that kind of like, yeah, this sort of hopeful swing uh, up up into into that, and and it, within the context of their relationship too, uh, uh, kind of provides provides a, a beat of hope for them, uh, and especially within the context of the play, moving into the 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 uh, the next ten minutes uh, song, pretty pretty much the second song after that is next ten minutes, and and you get to kind of ride the hope of their relationship for a little while. Again, I mean, which is just you're thinking forwards in time through Jamie's story that yeah. you're writing the hope and it's about to fall apart. But if you were following the Catherine side of it, yeah. it's been terrible and now it's about to be great. So this is this is the complication of the musical. And, and one of the things that I, 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 I will say, like, it is kind of delightful the how popular it is, because in some ways it, it's kind of a piece of experimental theater. Like, yeah. if I were to just describe, it's about a relationship between these two couple, and one guy moves forward in time, and the other person moves backwards in time as you tell the story. I gotta tell you, like, if nobody knew the last five years, can you imagine trying to convince your, like, non-theater-going friends to go see that? They'd be like, ah, yeah. that sounds pretty uh, uh, weird. Okay. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, theater people might be like, ooh, how interesting. But, like, the broader, I don't know, it seems a little experimental and strange. I don't know. But, it, it, yeah. I mean, as a piece of, like, a real attempt to try a storytelling method that is not a traditional one out, it it has become a phenomenon. To the, I mean, Anna Kendrick is in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> How yeah, much more yeah, pop culture do you get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think it does have something to do with what you said earlier around this, like this kind of uh, uh, sort of like traditions um, uh, being being like the, the the memory of traditions <laughs> are often better than better than the actual lived experience of them. Um, not not always, but whatever. I, I phrased that poorly. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, and, I, know, and I, think I, I think that you're right. I think that that is. <laughs> Nearly a universal truism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think those, some uh, of that those is those of just... my friends and family that know how like non-sentimental <laughs> I am probably understand why I would say that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think that that is that is part of what is this this musical traffics in is this this connection to a memory that you had of a relationship that ended. Um, and, and the, uh, and, and, and both the, the sort of like fondness, the memory of that, um, but also the kind of future to play with time some more. So the kind of, uh, longing towards the past and also the, the hurt in the past, but then also the, uh, hope and the fear in the future of hope that it can happen again. 
I fear that it, that this sort of falling apart might happen again. Um, so so both of those are are at play in this in this in this musical, and I think that that's part of the sort of memory that it jogs for everyone watching it. Part of why it continues to pull on heartstrings and and continue to succeed with the, the movie that was made and things like that and sung on road trips we, and all the like. We talked about, or of course, earlier in the season, Hades Town. It was our special campfire episode. Check yeah. it out if you haven't listened to that one yet. Great episode. And that musical ends with the train coming again, right? And the the story basically starting over with the train. And then the narrator, the Hermes narrator, is very, very um, expressly clear. Let's sing it again. Let's tell the story again. This yeah. musical does not quite do that. And I... I I it the the structure is not cyclical in this musical. I don't think. I mean, you you may be able to make that case, and maybe some folks are disagreeing, but I don't think this fundamentally the structure is cyclical. But there is a little bit of a sense of like when you get to the end of the last five years. Now Catherine's at the beginning, and Jamie's at the end, and you could almost go back through from that point to the other side. And back, it's almost rather than cyclical. It's like that. Uh, what's that amusement park ride with like the Viking boat oh, that like every a, amusement park has, and it like swings yeah. back and forth. It's like, like that a pendulum, structure. like a pendulum structure. Yeah. You go one, and then you go back, and then you go back. And so uh, the idea of there being some hope, because I, he, for all of what we talked about about how crushing it is that Jamie cheats on her, and and how he ends, you know, leaving the keys, and he's like in another relationship at that point. With it's like, oh my gosh! But the the tone, the timbre of the music is quite hopeful, and it's because I mean, it Catherine's is. the dominant singer for that part. I I think he he sort of interjects some goodbyes into her the in this long ballad, goodbye until tomorrow, goodbye. I'll be waiting for you. And so the the hopeful timbre at the end would sort of suggest that we are supposed to live into the relationship beginning rather than where Jamie is at the relationship's end. Yeah, it's both both hopeful and tender. Um uh that that between between the two of them. And yeah, yeah, that that I agree and and the yeah, them singing that song at the same time with such different contexts. Uh, again, distort or not distorts uh dissonances a little bit but in uh, almost a uh oh there's a musical word for that where where two uh, di uh, i'm not gonna think of it two notes that shouldn't go together do go together and it creates this uh more valuable experience out of it maybe it is just dissonance um but uh, <laughs> but uh that that sort of like vibration of the music itself tells the story as much as the the words of the people that are that are uh yeah, it, singing them it, Maybe this is not – well, let me just speak for myself rather than generally. But I, when I get to the end of the musical, I don't have this feeling of like, oh, Catherine, you don't know what's coming. Like how silly of you to be so excited about this relationship when it's going to cause you so much pain. Like for whatever reason, although that is, I think, a perfectly logical thing to think about the story, it's not the experience that I have. I'm not at the end of the musical going like, what a dummy. She should dump this yeah. ass, you know, like it's, it's it's like I don't that's just not the experience that I have. And so I, I, I wonder about like, you know. Did all of a sudden, somewhere near the end, does my perspective of the story flip finally from from following Jamie to following Catherine? Is that just because it's easier? Because it's less hard to be fun at the end? I'm not. I don't, I don't know about any of that. But it, I do find it like 
strange that I don't feel the way I think I ought to feel about Catherine's song at the end, given what I know about Jamie now. Well, this play is full of so many of these kind of like mind bending things, uh, all mixed around a really uh, tender, uh, painful, heartfelt um, real story of two people going through five years together. We are wrapping up towards the end of our conversation here today. Um, uh, and, and, end of our, end of our sort of, uh, not, not the end of our, uh, full month, but I believe we just have one more, one uh, episode more left of our themed month. episode about holiday plays. Uh, Jackson interrupted me before I said the final thing I wanted to say, so I'm stealing time back for just to say one more thing, no! which is that, uh, for an example of the way that musicals can be, can still function like scenes and watching characters, uh, achieve goals, push on each other, have really brilliant hum, uh, human, subtle, dialogic moments in a musical. The, the two songs, and they are my favorite two songs in the musical by far because of how well this works, is Catherine's song, See I'm Smiling, where she's sitting on the pier with Jamie, who's come to see her. I mean, that yeah. song is so well written for its simple humanity. For it, it just feels like a scene, but there happens to be singing. And then Jamie's song, at the end if I didn't believe in you same thing if they're they're they feel like real humans pouring their heart out in dialogue and then it just is a sort of strange fact of the world that they're singing this dialogue when musicals achieve that weird magic where I even sort of yeah. forget that it's singing for a minute and I just think about it as acting that for me that is when musicals are truly magic and uh, not everybody feels that way. Some people like the musicality of music, of musicals more than I do. I love it when I totally forget that it's singing for a second. And they are singing, and they're singing well, way better than I could sing. But I'm like, I'm in, enthralled with the acting. And those two songs, I think, are just brilliant. I think they are A-plus examples of that. Yeah, super, super motivated singing, like singing that that feels completely motivated and, and weaves its way in such a such a, a real way that, that you forget about it. I love that for sure. I don't have a good segue back to what I was talking about, but yeah, sorry. I, had, I had to get it in there. I didn't get my uh, I didn't get my uh, pat on the back for uh, JRB in there, but I had to stick it. It's, it was a good one. I, I, I resonate with that quite a bit. But uh, with that said, we are wrapping up our time. We don't have to wrap up the complete conversation about this particular episode, though. We can continue chatting with all of you about the last five years on all of the social media places. You can find us on Facebook excuse me, Facebook, Instagram, or X at the username at NoScriptPodcast. <laughs> we also have a Gmail, NoScriptPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on any of those sites. We'd love to keep talking about the last five years with you. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this conversation or any of our other conversations in our themed month or other themed months or just other episodes, if you like theater, if you know people that like theater, storytelling, conversations about writing, characters, themes, the kind of things that maybe you and your friends like to do when you get a drink after seeing a show or reading a book, this is the place for that. Send them our way. I think they'll like the podcast. Anybody can find us on Face, uh, not a Face, that's Jackson's bit, on YouTube, Spotify. <laughs> Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're hosted on Podbean. You can also find a link to the new episode every Monday when we publish on Facebook. 
Hey, we got one more of these uh, themed month mistletoe month plays left, so tune in next week for that. Until then, I'm Jackson. I'm Jacob. Thanks for joining us for No Script, the podcast.